Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to episode 338 of the podcast with my boy of summer, Justin McElroy. I am looking forward to, if you're listening to this on the day or weekend that this episode drops, seeing some of you at DragonCon. I will be doing a bunch of different stuff, so check out the DragonCon website. Um, I also want to remind people that I am doing a live JV club in Brooklyn at the wonderful Bell House on Wednesday, October 6th at 8 p.m. I have already secured one guest, but I'm going to wait until I have some others uh, so that I can do the formal announcement. But I can tell you I am very, very excited excited about who I have uh, already confirmed. If you want, you can go to Twitter. Uh, I'm at Janet Varney and the pinned tweet on my homepage has a ticket link. So just follow me at Janet Varney, go to that uh, easily clickable link and uh, get yourself some tickets. Why not? Please enjoy this episode with Justin. I feel sure you will. that thing that you guys do i guess where it's a like a one like a one two three scenario yeah well we just count back and forth so i i say the odd numbers and you say the even numbers okay what to just up to like 100 or yeah up to 130 Perfect. actually as well oh okay okay usual. great 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 okay, great here we go one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is good content. I know. I really thought, uh, you know what I thought to myself? I thought Fred Armisen would absolutely take this to 130. Like there's just no yeah. question in my mind. No question. He would trust that someone, that, that it would go through that whole long joke process of it's funny, then it's really not funny, then it's extremely annoying and upsetting, and then it's hilarious once again, once you get into like the 125 area. I love people like that. I'm always envious of people like that who who are able to do comedy that has sort of the attitude of like, oh, are you guys going to watch too? Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, you can watch them. I'm sure, I guess. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Yeah, and if you can put and if you have a friendly face on it, like, you know, there's there's a version of that that feels like mean to the audience. And then there's a version of that that, you know, and I, and and I again call up Fred as an example where it there really it doesn't even feel like it's a go fuck yourself. It truly does feel like you said like, "Oh, well, I'm just I mean, this is just kind of, you know, for me, hopefully you guys are, are tickled by it too, but uh, I yeah. got to get to 130. That's just kind of part of who I am. <laughs> that's the bit. That was yeah. the number I picked out of thin air and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Opposed to like, you know, that, that I mean, this is a, an old conversation that I'm sure has been had a million times or at least 130 times, but um, versus, you know, the sort of like Andy Kaufman, like at some, like when does it become uncomfortable for someone like me who who does start to feel like oh i don't this seems very disrespectful to the crowd i don't know are we do we do this now well you know it's funny i, I think about this a lot in that like what are you, in, in this era where all, so much content is free i think about that a lot of what are you owe like what are what are you what do you owe someone for their time right yeah. because at any point they could say this is this isn't good i'm not going to listen to this anymore and there have been some people throughout the years who have gotten in touch who have kind of felt like you could have just done that right why didn't you just do that <laughs> right. just don't right. 
just don't listen to it anymore. You don't have to be mean to me. But it is weird. Like people feel like, and maybe this is fair. I mean, maybe I feel this way too. I don't know. Um, it's kind of an unex- it seems like kind of an unexamined uh, supposition. But like that, you have paid something of value when you have paid your attention yes. you know I mean? or, or your, your time, you right? Know what? Which that's is called objectively a valued to the listener. Yeah, it's right. sunk cost. Yes. It's, and it's not like, it's like emotional and mental costs. Like, listen, I really gave up a lot of my, t- yeah, exactly. And I do respect that. Like, I, cause I feel like, um, I, I feel like people's time is the most valuable thing that they have. Uh, the stuff they can't get back. So I want to be a good steward of it. Um, right. The argument when I used to do video game stuff, the, it always drove me crazy when people would say like, there's a hundred hours of game here and I love it <laughs> and it's good. <laughs> and it's like, wow. I mean, it's so much. I mean, that's your time, yeah. right? Like that's your, and, and I don't, I don't hear that with podcasting. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like the attitude is always like, man, it's so long. I don't know how I can listen to this whole thing. It seems like so much to invest in. But with video games, it's like, give me more. Let me, let yeah. me you know, give me all you can handle. That's not to say I don't like games like that. But it's like, it's just a weird, I think time is, like, if you can get an experience with the developer, the writer, the creator, whatever, if you can get what they want you to get in half as much time, that seems like a win to me because it's like more life minutes that you have for other right. stuff. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It definitely depends on. By the way, I just want to say to the listener and Julian and everyone at Max Fun, if this is like super echoey, it's because all of the soft things that are usually in this room are pretty much absent because um, there was a bunch of flooding in my floors, and the insurance company finally like oh, no. paid to get them all pulled up and replaced. But now all of the the rugs and stuff are are off being cleaned because they were covered in God knows what. Um, so I've like thrown some blankets around the room on the floor. I gotta say, I don't think it's doing anything at all. Uh, so if it sounds like I'm in, I want everyone to imagine me in, in some sort of like Scottish castle that's just stone and then like one bean bag. That's, we'll fix I think, that in I'm post. Afraid that's we can get great, it in post. Great. Get it in post. Great. Um, but yeah, you know, well, yes. And, and I think, you know, I, I guess the only thing I would say, not like suddenly this is a debate show about video games versus podcasts, but um, there is something to the idea of what's more immersive and strategic about how you're like what like how your brain is working when you're playing a game versus just the sort of enjoyment of listening to a conversation that you actually can't participate in which to some people is frustrating including me i totally get that well i'm also coming from a sort of skewed perspective where for a lot of the games that i was reviewing back in the day like i was not paying the 60 bucks to obtain those right so the value question was different for me because i for me it was just like how good a use has been the 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 time was all i was investing so Mm, that mm -hmm. would be the metric that i would you know go by but it always gets it's weird because the you know 60 bucks is so much different to different people that's i was really struggling with like is it worth 60 dollars like i don't know i don't know what 60 dollars is worth to you i don't i don't uh, you know, I don't know what the value of that in your life. So it's hard to hard to answer stuff like that. Yeah. Especially when you're like, you know, listen, I'm very, 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 very rich. I'm very rich. I just Extremely I can't tell you how rich I am. Rich. I don't know. I mean, what, does, what does milk cost? Sixty dollars. Does a carton of milk cost sixty dollars? I don't know. You know, I what's a podcast? OK, I'm swimming. in this. That's stuff. right. 
That's right. Like Scrooge McDuck over here. Uh, uh, how do you, this is the worst segue of all time, but wh- what was your first experience of, and I'm sure listeners uh, know you very well inside and out, and they're like, Janet, you're not going to ask us anything. You're not going to crack open this nut in a way that hasn't been, this. all that nut meat has been mined already. Um, so yeah, so this is going to be a waste of both of our time, speaking of time. But uh, wh- what was your first experience of like being an a, an avid listener of something were you were you somebody who listened to like radio shows pre-podcasts or was oh was podcasting um, kind of the thing that cracked open this idea of like oh I'm just listening no, to people talk no so like my dad was a radio guy so I grew oh, up right. in in radio um listening to him and but it's always been I've always been big into like listening. I like I like having an experience that I can do. Maybe this is my attention span, but like I, I've always liked things I can do other stuff. You know what I mean? That could be more oh, of yeah. a compliment. I've always yes. been. It's been easier for me to do that. Something that I can add on to rather than something that requires my entire focus. Yeah. Um. Like when I was a kid, I can remember being at um like community theater play rehearsals and I had like a little radio that I would plug in on Thursday nights at eight o'clock. The college radio station WBO would play um, Dr. Demento. And that, which is like, uh, uh, if, if you are, you know, young enough to not know is a, it may still be going, I don't know, but it was a novelty radio show. Very, very long running decades and decades. It's the guy that broke weird Al and yeah, and so many other people, and uh, I used to tune into that like every Thursday at eight o'clock. This is long before um, podcasts, but I think that like even like I was a pretty early adopter. Even with like I was listening to gaming podcasts before they were called podcasts. Like I was like downloading the MP3s and putting them on like my little uh, MP3. Uh, I think it was like a river. I was the, <laughs> was the brand, but it was like I would like download like long audio stuff and and listen to it so it's always been I, I mean that's always been my favorite uh medium and i think it's always been the one that seemed the most approachable right because you could do you could do it like i knew how to i could see how to make audio um i could watch my dad do it i could see the steps and it was like not a complete mystery as we branched out into other media it's like i'm on much less sure footing because i don't i don't know I'm I'm much less accustomed to it. Well, what about this idea? And I don't know if you've been pitched this before, and I want you to talk to your family about this. But the other thing, it seems to me, based on what we've just discussed, that you're familiar with is community theater. So if maybe the McElroys just opened up a small community theater and just did like whatever plays a community theater does, be it, you know, a Christmas carol, a Christmas an Easter carol at Easter. I don't know much I've about done, community theater. I've, I've done a Christmas carol. Uh-huh. I've done, uh, I just tell you, there's no profit in it, Janet. There's no money. That's I not where say, the cash is. I gotta say, that's very surprising. Is, that is very that's, Believe surprising. it or not, I actually like, um, <laughs> we did a, I've been doing community theater almost my entire life. Like, since I was seven, I was um, Winnie the Pooh in a production of Winnie the Pooh. And uh, I really, I really wish that you would have just said I was Winnie in Winnie the Pooh. I was Winnie, <laughs> no one, Mr. Pooh. No one ever. Him. Yeah, people call him Pooh. No one uh, ever just says Winnie. Nobody. Was ever a silly says old Winnie. bear. Yeah. Of everyone's favorite silly old bear. Um, yeah. But the, I did that, and I've been doing it my whole life. And like, 
even as an adult, uh, this was after I got married, before I had kids, my wife and I would direct uh, community theater shows. That's where we met doing theater. Um, so like the, it, it was pretty important to us. But I actually, um, I fought really hard to direct a production of It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, which I've wanted to do since I was a kid, mainly because I wanted to see it. Because it seems so wild that there's this Superman musical and like I couldn't see it. I've never, I and didn't I even know like, that existed. I'm very excited it's, about this. It, yeah, it's it. So it's 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 a weird thing because uh, no one does it, and they weren't doing it for a long time. Um, not because Superman isn't like cool, but because. As written, it's like pretty dated. Uh-huh. Um, the the music and lyrics are by um, Charles Strauss and Lee Adams, who actually did "Bye Bye Birdie." Oh, nice. So like the so- the songs themselves are good. There's one sort of breakout song called "You've Got Possibilities" that uh-huh. was sort of like a crossover pop hit. <laughs> but uh, no one does the show because there's like it's kind of uh, there's some I, I'll say racist stuff. Is I'll just go racist? ahead and say yeah. racist stuff. Is it also misogynist like, or is it is it mostly yeah. racist? regular amounts of misogyny <laughs> for the period but extra amounts there's like there's like Chinese acrobat characters that talk with like very pronounced accents uh, and stuff like that so like I wanted to do the show and then we basically like did a little bit of off the books rewriting to make it not bad anymore, uh-huh. which they would not have been crazy about if they knew, but whatever. Anyway, the short version of this is no one came to see it, and I ended up paying for a lot of the show myself, which is expensive, much more expensive than a gener- uh, usual children's theater show because um, it had flying in it. So you have yeah. to have like a company come in and rig that teams to start slinging them around the stage, oh, which is expensive. And no one came because no one had ever heard of this this musical before. I was still, uh, I was happy with it. It has since gotten like um, some rewrites and restaging that have been like sort of blessed by the original creators, like uh, because they know it's basically unstageable as oh. as is but they're still um, alive yeah so it's not like you know this person kind of went the way of the dodo in terms of yeah they've passed away so they don't even know how inappropriate this would be these days right exactly yeah okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right, it's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you heard um, the 
Jack hit on This American Life, there's an episode called Fiasco, and I promise that I don't have like a catalog of This American Life episodes and titles in my head, but there's an episode that where he tells the story of the Peter Pan production. I have uh, heard this one. Yes, absolutely. God, it's just absolutely. gorgeous. It's fantastic. To me, that is like a perfect segment. Like I've listened to that like four times because this the so funny. His own like his his telling of it is so clean and his enjoyment and like being tickled at what he's describing feels so fresh and genuine, even though, you know, he's told the story his whole life a million times. Um, yeah. It's just a beautiful piece of, of radio speaking of, uh, of great audio that, that you just, I mean, it's just so good and feels so, I just, I, I just love it. I love it. It makes I've me feel like I'm watching of that kind of rate that kind of radio i don't know how to do that <laughs> you don't know how to have edited. like a, yeah like a tightly edit yeah mm-hmm. the edited like handcrafted piece of like artisanal audio, audio? Yeah. exactly yeah yeah i uh i i mean i guess other than doing other people's some iteration of other people's so. versions of that i i i mean i'm not out there you know this is not gonna although listen maybe this is my first maybe this is the it's first time where we just dived real deep into like little sound effects and like yeah. the thing that Radio Lab does and, and a lot of other uh, podcasts do now where you'll start telling a story and then you'll sort of fade out or you'll just stop because then I come in and I, and I just continue your story, but I, I've sort of truncated it. Like you're like, yeah, I grew up doing, and then it's just me going community theater where he also said he da 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 da. And then it like goes back to a clip where you're like, it was so fun. And I'm like, next time McElroy, like it just, there's just this, all this sort of back and forth where it feels I- like you're, you've created the symphony where you, your, your story is an instrument that just pipes in every once in a while i mean i have my soundboard plugged in that has a a few sound effects that we can try out here's paul stanley yelling toronto okay toronto so we've got that that we could rely on okay well let's then let's first of all i want to shape some quick pieces around what i know i have so now that i know i have toronto that's good to know paul stanley yelling toronto okay we have this Now that's from the <laughs> sitcom Seinfeld. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What if you were the only person who pronounced it Seinfeld and no one had told I you? I said Seinfeld. Is? I know, but what if? Yes. You, but what if you were like? But what if? This is from that sitcom Seinfeld. Like oh, like Seinfeld. the Berenstein Bears, the Berenstein <laughs> Bears. Okay, so we got the bass riff. Uh huh. Got it. And then I've got this clip from a Jimmy Buffett song. For a day. I can't stop these channels. The others were more stings than anything. And this is very fully formed. <laughs> I created I created that cue because we did a bit once about a line of um marijuana vapes that Jimmy Buffett was making. <laughs> So I created a segment called Off to See the Lizard, and I played that for it, and I just haven't had another use for the button. So that button remains. I didn't realize how long it would be, though. I hope Jim doesn't get litigious. Okay, here's my suggestion on that, and I'm sure he will get litigious, and and what's worse, the other uh, property that I'm about to name is is going to be much more litigious and ruin you, but I would love to see a mashup on YouTube of you playing 
the de- the quote unquote deja vu scene in the Matrix when shit gets mm. real. When he's right. like, oh, deja vu. And she's like, what did you say? And then to have that playing as the music bed underneath, just to kind of heighten the stakes, you know, to have that music playing underneath, that's really going to make it hit home that this shit is serious and their lives are in danger. Yeah. It, it, I think that would really help to mellow things out. You know, they're doing a re-release. Maybe th- this is the moment I mean, to bring that cue in. The movie's begging for it. Yeah, this is that's basically George Lucas sweetening up the original Star Wars. This is going to be sure. your your version of sweet. Finally, somebody sweetened up the Matrix, made it a little more fun. <laughs> Jesus. You can take the red pill, the, the blue pill, or the orange pill. Um, or that could be put into a, like a musical underbed for the movie The Doors starring Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison because mm. didn't he call himself the Lizard King so then it could be like I think so somebody I'm sure there's some moment where somebody's like going down on him where you could you could put that music in and it would, feel, it would feel super right is that it that's those are my three or do you have many many more I mean I have a total of eight and not all of them are great I mean there's like there's a rim shot I mean what mm. am I going to do with that yeah you know uh, there's uh, this very weird pre-programmed clip of music that came with it that's labeled intro outro. Um, but it's very long. It's very generic and it's very long. And I don't. It seems wild to me that they. This is preloaded. This one is preloaded into the board, right? Yeah. So when I bought this board, which is the road, I don't know, caster, roadcaster. This song was preloaded into it. And I don't know the use case for this. Like, if you're making a podcast, here's some theme music that's on this button. Right. Like, <laughs> use this if you want. I don't know. This is your intro and outro key. You can just use it if you want. Oh, my God. That was that was preloaded. The rim shot. There's a cricket sound effect that goes on for 100 years mm-hmm. that I, I guess you're supposed to fade out. There's this. <laughs> which is always good. It's always fun. That one sounds so much like a person making that sound rather Listen, than like the original the sort of trumpet. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have a budget for a real trombonist. I wonder do we know the origin? Do we know the origin of the rim shot and the like who gets to take credit for Listen, it might be one of it might be one of the guys who created the Superman show. Oh, okay. You you get a band, right? The house band or the backing band, and there's someone up there doing comedy. And one of the guys starts to get feel a little guilty, like, I'm getting paid for this, and I'm not currently playing my instrument. I've got to justify my presence here. And he just waits until he tells a joke, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to, let me chime in a little bit here. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me kind of, kind of contribute to this with a little, little, a little sting there. I mean, it does feel very organic, but like that, when you think about it that way, that really puts comedy in the hands of just some random musician who very easily, like instead of a rim shot, it could be like, <laughs> like, you know, it could be so long. So you gotta be comfortable. Yeah. Gotta be comfortable with your guys. They gotta know. I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased at the idea that a drummer is, is, is like just some drummer who felt guilty is the reason that we still have the rim shot even today. Or maybe he just decided he was going to start a song <laughs> and then lost his nerve. <laughs> And That's then he looked around comedy. like, oh, just, no, oh, no, we're not doing oh, this now? Oh, oh, oh shit, okay. oh, shit. Oh, I misread this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, that also You guys all wonderful. promised that we were going to start at the same time, and then you kind of yeah. left me hanging. And then I'm sure the same logic holds for the horn going wah, wah, wah. That's probably the beginning of a very famous old swing song. 
and the, you know, in the moment of some, uh, some stage work, some bits when, you know, somebody, somebody did something and it was like, Oh, I guess that was an abject failure. Then that's what the horn person thought was the cue to begin just a new song. So they were like, but then also that person was like, Oh no, was I not supposed to, this is a very good question. We got We got to get a, I don't know, a, a, one of those research and podcasts to figure it out for us. <laughs> Or just any podcast, any podcast with an intern that gets barked at, right? Which have you guys ever had an intern? No, never. I mean, what? I guess that would be weird because many times you're not in the same room together. So if you had like another person who was not in the room but was also just on on the horn, not to be confused yeah, with the wah, be, wah, wah horn. Be, we've never had. We've tried to outsource like. Um, editing and stuff before um for my bim bam and well just my brother and brother me actually we've tried to like outsource editing and it never it's just like a very uh, there's a lot of art to it and not just art like it sounds good but art like timing wise and we've never been able to really trust anybody to to do it in the way that we're, we're probably just you know overly controlling which is would be fair but uh so in other words, like that, the, the, just the timing of syncing everything up might feel like, oh, this is like a beat off. So it sort of sounds like my brother is is taking a minute to decide whether he thought that was funny before he laughs, and that and that's yeah, awkward. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that and it's. I mean, that's that's a more minute thing uh, that that is certainly part of it. But like figuring out thing, making the decisions about like what works and doesn't work because a lot of times with what, especially with what we do on my brother, my brother and me, if you take out something early in the show that like kind of falls, falls down and we're unwilling to let it go, <laughs> to just let it die on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you were, then we'll swing back in and return to it 10 minutes later. And then if you don't, if you aren't aware of that, then it's like, oh man, that doesn't make any sense now. Yeah. And you start removing pieces. I think every editor has been in this position where you're like, I'm going to take this one word out because it sounds weird. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Then the sentence doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. Now the paragraph, now the past five minutes. Okay. I've gone down a well. Well, that's what I, I mean, that's what shocks me about and 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 what I have sort of just had a, a small taste of when I when I did this thing for IFC that I had had written and created, but that we ended up using a lot of improv in, is you know now add the idea of like doing that on camera and having a bunch of like fun improv-y takes where you you have coverage of different people at different times. And then you try to, and then you get into the editing room and you're like, oh, I have to stitch all this together. Like so-and-so said this one yeah. funny thing, but that only pays off if we use this exact take where like the boom is totally in the shot. Is it worth it? Like, oh, it was such a funny bit. I mean, that just, that, I, I don't know how editors do their jobs. Certainly when it's on camera. Oof. We struggle with that so much, not in the editing process, thank God. We were not involved in the My Brother, My Brother, Me TV show, but <clears throat> in the editing sense. But we really struggled with the what you're talking about, like doing multiple funny takes. We struggle with that because we come from a uh, a background where like if something's funny, it's it, it'll be in there. Right. <laughs> like we're we're making an hour of audio every week 
in for each show. Like if something works, it's in and we're not going to agonize about it. So when we were doing the TV show, we would do like a, a take that seemed to work. And then our director, J.D. Amato, would want to do it again. And we'd be like, well, we can't do it again. <laughs> we made all that up. Those are all the jokes that we came up with about it. Right. So we can't so we would we can't get back to the same place because we have no idea how we got there. Right. We can't repeat the things that we've already said. <laughs> so it's like we have to do different worse jokes. Yeah. And like it was very hard to get used to the idea that we had to be like professionals who would consistently yeah. I mean hats off to people who are doing that day in day out and having to do multiple versions of the same thing because I, I we are not well equipped uh-huh. <laughs> and that wasn't something that anyone prepared you for like well here's one important thing that you need to know that's gonna be very different from when you're recording audio I guess we uh, sort of uh, we went in pretty ignorant. Like it is still one of the scariest times of my life when they turn on the cameras for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, make a show. It's like I I am not in any way equipped to do this. This is terrifying. I can't. And what we were really the multiple take stuff was not even the hardest thing for us. The thing that we most struggled with, and it's why you'll see almost none of this in the series is where we had to stand like normal people (laughs) and look into the camera and say, we're here and we're going to do this and then walk into a place like normal human (laughs) beings. Couldn't not, I mean, hours, hours of like, why are you guys walking like that? That's not how you guys walk. Nobody walks like that. The first time we did it, I swear to God, Janet, we all marched. We're not even talking about it. It's just like, this is walking. This is right. This is how we walk. We walk this way. Come on. Let's walk in. I mean, that's a real thing, right? That's a real thing. And and for someone like me who's had like a, 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 a long time listeners to my podcast know that like when my brain broke as a uh, late teenager early 20s person who well, I like to say was just too smart because that feels better than saying like she went crazy uh when when I ha- I was ha- I had like these sort of out of body feelings kind of like if you are a person who partakes of uh, you know substances uh, up to and including marijuana uh you know what not up to and including let's say starting with marijuana and far beyond marijuana uh <laughs> where you start to be like oh my god i'm aware of my tongue or like ew what do i do yes, with my hands right. like that same sort of identity crisis like existential what is my consciousness where is where does my brain fit into like telling muscles in my mouth to talk that's like the same sort of panicky experience you can have on camera so it's a miracle that I still even do performing because that they that's sort of like you know it sort of punches the same part of your stomach where you're like oh where you really do like suddenly a camera's on and you're like what what have I ever done with my hands? What have I ever Where do these done? Things Where go, have I ever stored things. them? Where have I ever? What have I ever done with them? And uh, there would and be, it's weird. There would be times when we it, maybe in this same setup, we're like, you guys will just turn around and then you'll walk into the building, and we would turn around and walk in the building, and then you have a moment when you're filming stuff where you're like, I know the cameras don't see me anymore, but no one is telling me to stop walking. <laughs> So I guess I should just keep walking. And someone would at a PA would have to like run in and be like, stop walking. Where are you going? You know, you're not being filmed. Like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> oh, that's gold. But but you so you but you, and and even having that experience because as you mentioned and and just for anybody who um for some absurd reason listens to my podcast but isn't familiar uh with with you guys and 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 your sort of background. Uh where where did you grow up that you were doing community theater? So this is all uh, every anecdote to this point has been set uh, uh, uh surreptitiously in Huntington, West Virginia which is where I was born and raised and live now. And it's actually where we filmed the TV show here uh, in Huntington and where we've done all our, our theatrical work and all our living and pretty much everything uh, we've recorded right here. So you guys have, well, I have yeah. So you've sort of made, cheaters. I mean, there's, let's see, there's a city in Canada. I can't remember. It's, it's, um, it's not, it's not on the West coast. It's not on the East coast, but it's kind of the place where, a ton of stuff gets shot, like it's where Lake Ontario is. What is the name of that city again? Um, <sighs> you know, like I know what you're talking. Yeah. You no, know, you know, like that's where everyone shoots stuff. Like when you watch sci-fi, Vancouver. No, no, the other one, the one that's sort of north of Chicago. Uh, Quebec. <laughs> This bit is dying so hard. No, like if only there were an audio cue to like tell me what city it is. <laughs> Toronto! <laughs> oh my god, hold on, hold on, Janet. Someone is at the door. It's the podcasting Emmys. They just push it has both of our names on it. It says most tortured bit. Oh my gosh. This is huge. Wow. We shared in the honor. Man, this is wow. What a moment. <laughs> oh God. All right. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so my point being, you sort of put West Virginia on the map, uh, in particular your hometown, and it's sort of the Toronto of West Virginia now. It was the belabored, excruciating Toronto. thing. The Toronto I was slowly of West dragging us both towards. <clears throat> um, I it is. I will not claim any. I mean, I don't know if we if we've been successful in this, but. It has always been sort of a side goal for us to uh, West Virginia is is a is a kind of place where it, it has gotten a really crummy reputation and become sort of a safe place. Then um, there's other areas in Appalachia that are, are sort of like this, but it's become like sort of the safe place to make the butt of jokes, mm. um, and it is a place that has been. I mean, since its inception, uh, really uh, drained of value by outside interests. I mean, since since the you know eighteen mid eighteen hundreds when it was founded, like outside interests have come and stripped it of coal and and of all of its resources uh, without any of that money staying here. Yeah. So what you just see all over the state is. Impoverished people that have been left high and dry by corporate interests and corporate that have come in and, and sort of taken everything away. And yet it's still kind of a place where it's like a it's a it's a good punchline for people, which has always been very frustrating uh, for us because it's like this is where we grew up and it's not any different than any other 
you know, regular sized. I mean, there's 50,000 people here, like any other like small sized American city. It's just like every other place, but it's a place that's like been through a lot and has a lot of character and has a lot of interesting people and, and fascinating culture and, and all this stuff. And, and so that was always something that was really important to us was why we, you know, making West Virginia, uh, um, making it clear to people that West Virginia was, was something beyond just like poverty gags, mm-hmm. that it was a, a, a cool place with its own identity. And, and, and what's been cool for me is that's actually started like before, <clears throat> like as I was growing up, there was a lot of, I think, shame in in being from this area. Mm. You know, there was a lot of embarrassment. I think because it was the butt of of so many jokes and 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 uh, so many poor assumptions were made of it. Um, but you've really seen in the past like ten years or so in in this area, like people really embracing Appalachian culture mm. as like and owning it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like a cool, all the cool stuff about it, like the. The sort of like funky spirit and the the music and the like care taking care of each other. You know, West Virginians spend statistically we're the number one state in time spent talking to your neighbors, and that's like a cool. I feel like that's a really cool distillation of this this area that like really like looks out for each other and and everything. But that was something that was important. Like we wanted to help in a very small way. Uh, help sort of like reverse that media portrayal and and do it. We actually had a hard time starting to film the show here because the last program that had filmed in Huntington, West Virginia was called Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution, Mm. or as people around here called it, Jamie Oliver's Fat City. Because it was the highest obesity rate in the country, I think, for the city. I don't know if we're still number one. Maybe Jamie fixed it. But he came in uh, uh, and sort of like changed all our school lunch programs and stuff for this TV series sure. and like very patronizingly like went house to house and showed people like this is a broccoli and like oh, made no. people bury their deep fat frogs uh. and, stuff. <laughs> and so there was like a that's not a joke that oh, he God. that's in the show yeah. but so people were like very hesitant like, and we had to be like no we're from here you know we we're we're not gonna make people look bad it's gonna be a fun good thing and that's that's been so cool to bring people and we do like a local show called candle nights every holiday that we bring uh, that we do here in huntington and we bring people in for um and it's, it's been so cool to like have people come and like our mayor who's prominently featured in the series is like a, a, a rock star at our concerts and like uh there's all kinds of like different characters from the area that were sort of like elevated a little bit in the eyes of our our listeners to sort of like folk hero status and that's been really cool uh what and so the so for that particular you for that particular show you bring in people from from elsewhere but but you also include like a stable of of beloved locals is that what you're saying yeah we we um we included like anytime we would need to like it was, the, the structure of the show was sort of like we would get a question, then we would try to find an answer for it um, and try to help the person in a sort of long form advice. And those the the experts that uh, I knew of would would uh, you know in in our area, <laughs> experts in different uh, regions. Like when we needed, um, we had an episode where we were trying to um, 
convince this guy's wife to let him buy a tarantula. <laughs> so we, um, because he really wanted one and she really didn't. And so we like went and hired a local, uh, we did a parade in Huntington for tarantula awareness and we hired a PR firm from the area to rebrand tarantulas in something a little more friendly. But like that was all local local people we had doing that stuff. So it was like, uh, it was a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Uh, this is what I want to say quickly about West Virginia, which is that uh, while I while I absolutely agree and recognize that everything that you're saying um, about its reputation and stuff it, it is out there, I will say that I, I, I don't I wonder if that's something that is that is still maybe more regional within the South and the sort of getting up into the the Northeast, but, um, because I, I'm from Arizona and I, I would say that that is not something that I ever heard really about West Virginia. I, I sort of understood it growing up as what you describe people embracing now. Like I really do think, and I don't know if it's because like, (laughs) Because the wonderful author Barbara Kingsolver has a great love of the Appalachian Range and and uh, and that, you know, I I grew up listening to, you know, some bluegrass because of my parents and stuff like that. But um, but I I actually grew up thinking of it as, yes, absolutely. The whole coal mining industry is like, you know, there's it's so fraught and there's there's a a tremendous amount of tragedy there, truly. Um, But but I it was never I never thought of it as like a backwards place whereas i feel like maybe there are other places that 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 very negative stereotype was sort of thrust upon me like it would be like oh alabama you know what i mean like maybe that's sort of what or something you know some other state but when you live on the west in the west especially not in like the you know the super cosmopolitan west like on the coast but in a place like arizona um there's so much nuanced stuff that that comes from I mean, even like the Civil War, like nobody talks about the Civil War in Arizona. You know what I mean? Like there was just, that's just like, was a, that was a thing you read about in history books, but but there was nothing real about it. When you're a kid, there's nothing real really about the Civil War. You're like, oh, people before us fought. But anyway, that didn't happen where we are, you know? And so even for me just going to, I've never been to West Virginia, but but even just being, I was in Virginia just a, a, about a week or two ago. And so close. Yeah, so close. And just a little bit to the east. Oh, really? I guess I well, hadn't done well, the math uh, on that. No. Um, well, no, no. Sorry. To the west. You have to go west from Virginia. I meant I you were a little east. bit to the east from me exactly. in West Virginia. Yes. yes. I did not mean if you had gone east, you would have been in the in ocean, the ocean for which is not a big sure. Um Or in Maryland, I think. Or, or in Maryland. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I was so. I mean, I've spent time in like Georgia and Florida there's there's so many places in the south that I've that I've not yet been and I had never been to Virginia and I and I was I'm really really felt um like I almost felt like I was in a different country uh not it, like in a good way in a way that was like I I there it was ironic that the thing that made me feel the most like an outsider like almost as if I was in a different country was the thing that is the most quintessentially historically American about a place like Virginia which is that it's so closely tied to the Civil War um and and that's West Virginia of course was was formed to avoid being uh in the South I mean it was formed specifically 
to be a part of the the yeah North, right. So, so they wouldn't have slavery, and that's and so that's it's that's more, mind blowing. Of course, blowing people are more complicated than that. Yeah, well, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, just to boil to boil it down, but but that's that's been that's why I get super mad at people around here who have Confederate flags. I want to flip out and smash their car windows. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Where is any crazy. other place? I don't care if you are a backwards any other jerk place wad. You salute the Confederate flag, just not in West Virginia. Exactly. I mean, at least, at least have the dignity to recognize that that is the one flag that you should not be down with That's right. here in West Virginia. That's right. That's right. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I have, and, and maybe it's the age I am too. Like maybe I wouldn't have had that same fascination and sort of awe uh, that I have now being in, in a place that's that's so rich with American history in the, in the way that um, Arizona is very you know very very rich in sort of Spanish and Mexican history <laughs> and culture and so I'm very familiar with all of that and that feels very much like home to me but yeah this the whole like just seeing Confederate graves um, I have to like it, it, I sort of have to have a new relationship with what that all means in a sense which is kind mm. of embarrassing yeah. for someone my age but what are you gonna do? <laughs> So I guess the Civil War did happen. I guess I'm not a denier it anymore. Did, as far as I know, yes. I mean, yes. I can't prove it, but I guess I believe it was real. Janet Varney is no longer a Civil War it's denier. A, it's a big, she admits. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, but but go- very civil though, which I appreciate. Oh yeah. No reason for it not to be polite. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, was that something that when when you were growing up in school and stuff, was that something that was like was was a huge part of your curriculum and kind of did it get sort of woven into uh, a lot of your experience just growing up there? We had a um, <clears throat> we had a uh, uh, algebra teacher who was a Civil War reenactor. Oh, great. And it was one of the very like the very greatest things you could do in this is a middle school and one of our favorite games was to uh ask him a question about the civil war and completely derail the class oh so we ended up like hearing more about the civil war than we could ever hope to know and more than we ever heard in history class because at least (laughs) he wasn't advancing the math lesson (laughs) like he wasn't getting to the homework part and so we would just trick him into um uh, monologuing about the civil war and just sort of uh uh, i'm assuming space out for a little while (laughs) sort of disappear into it how does that even come up with respect to like anything algebra related at all like how like zero. I, yeah zero. i mean i don't no know connection. how you 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 casually toss something in that derails him but, i mean not nothing yeah. <laughs> like and literally like hey mr sheets unrelated but um what was the role of Harper's Ferry oh. in the Civil War and its sort of strategic importance? Can you just kind of like run, run through that real quick? Do you feel like just, you did you retain any of that or was everybody just so tickled that you had successfully derailed him that also that information was not seeping in in any way, shape or form? I don't feel like I successfully retained uh-huh. anything until like middle of college. <laughs> of That's all, I can of all education. Your... Yeah. Let me, Jen, do you have period this is going to be a weird question but like it when you look at your the whole sum of your life right yeah. do you have a period or uh, maybe it's like a turning point at a certain moment or or like do you have gaps where you're like what was i doing like what was i even i don't remember like making the choices that got me to that point yeah and i don't feel like i retained any of it like i became an acting and directing major 
with, as far as I can remember, like no thought about what I would do with that or why I was doing it or why I would go to the school I went to. I don't remember having any cognitive thought about anything relating to my future until like my mid 20s. Yeah. I don't know that I can. I mean, I don't know that 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 my amnesia extends quite that far, uh, yeah. but I but I absolutely have um, have stuff like that where I can't. I don't remember my logic. I don't, you know, whereas I feel like I have some more crystalline moments where I do remember, like I certainly remember the exact moment I realized I could just drop out of college. Um, like it was, it was a, it was a literal late night epiphany. I mean, I really was like having trouble sleeping because I had a ton of homework. Uh, the, 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 the first semester of my junior year at NAU in Flagstaff and um and then I I would like in the middle of the night I was like pace I sort of woke up and was pacing around like with anxiety and then all of a sudden I just realized well, what if I just dropped out what if I just dropped it's out like, no yeah, one is going to stop me from dropping out no one can stop me I could just I could just drop all my classes like I don't I don't have to keep doing this um, yeah, I think it's that moment. Maybe it's that mode of like taking agency in your life, like realizing that like, oh, I need to be sort of the one who's choosing this stuff because no one's sort of picking it for me. I had that in when I was in college, I auditioned for, like I said, I was a theater major, hadn't gotten any like leading roles or anything. And I auditioned for a like class staging of Godspell and I didn't get any solos in the show or like a part to speak of, right? And I had this moment where I was sitting on the floor of a rehearsal hall and thinking like, if I can't get cast in a class production of Godspell <laughs> in Huntington, West Virginia, I'm not going to be a fucking professional <laughs> actor. It's not going to happen. And I had yeah. that realization. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, well, huh, where do I go from here? Hmm. What's the next thing? I actually decided to do journalism, like which is how I got started in at that exact moment. Like realizing like I'm not going to make a living doing this. Like I'm not going to be able to yeah. this is not my future. I I'm just going to have to I got to do something else. Yeah. That's a big deal, right? I mean, that really is sort of a gift, especially when I think that period of time, really from being a teenager up into my early 20s, there was this sort of sense of like life happening to you rather than yeah you know it's like yes I remember choosing the school that I went to but it was like kind of a it was like kind of a no-brainer it's like all right well you you have no money your parents have no money you're smart but you didn't do a bunch of extracurricular stuff like in in anticipation of needing to get like a full ride to Stanford or anything like that like I wasn't right. focused or directed enough in, in that way so it was like and then it was like I want to leave Tucson and I was just a good enough student to get a scholarship to an in-state school and I hated hot weather and Flagstaff was in the mountains so when you sort of boil when you really boil it down it was like I mean was that free will or was that just like <laughs> of course that's right. where you're going to quote unquote choose to go you know, and so, yeah, up to there, there are those moments where something feels like an actual clarity rather than and then all of a sudden I realized three years had passed and dot, 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 you know, is right. is it's it's pretty extraordinary, I think, for being that age. I mean, I've certainly on my podcast, I've talked to people who are like, yeah, when I was 14, I realized I wanted to be a doctor. And then 
I mean, I guess if I'm talking to them, that's my wife, right? She read yeah. Sydney read the hot zone. I'm sure. I, I think on your yeah. podcast specifically, yeah, right? totally. She, uh, I said, you know, she read the hot zone when she's a teenager. She's like, I'm going to be a doctor, and I was like, I wish, I wish I had that because it's really frustrating. Like you meet, I meet people now, and it's like, you know, you have you have youth. Like like teenagers who would be in like a, one of the community theater productions or or you know friends of friends like I want to shake them and just be like if you pick something right now and just go for it like you're gonna you could probably pull it off like you could, like you're gonna have such an easier time than being in your mid twenties like me and be like maybe I'll try podcasts but I hope they inv- that was my that was my big gambit Janet I hope they invent a new medium <laughs> before I get to be paying my own bills or I'm gonna be like a, a you know sunk. I know but you but you also know that it just I mean you yes I'm sure that that inclination is there because it's there for me too but. Uh, that if I start to tease that apart for even five seconds, it, it it absolutely disintegrates. Like there's no because there's also so many kids who think they've picked something and then you know and then do speaking of sunk costs, do pursue it up to a point and then are like you know what I don't think I want to be a banker. Like I definitely mm-hmm. I I love pottery and I'm going to be a ceramicist and what, and, and then that person hates themselves. That person wants to go back and say to the younger version of themselves, please don't make any decisions now. It's too early for you sure. to think, you know what you want to do. You're going to, and, and now I've regret all this time I put into it, you know? So there's no, there's no sort of like perfect way to do this. I have spent almost no time talking to you about your high school years. Uh, I feel that I've done a disservice to both you and the listener, other than that I feel that there are perhaps other places that they may have access to yet more anecdotes about you as a teenager. So I'm not going to like stress too much out I was a monster. About it. I don't want to dwell on it. I was a bad person. You're a horrible person. Just a horrible person. And I don't want to dwell on it any more than I have to. <laughs> are you, are you, is any part of that serious? Not at all. Um, I only say that because like, your brother Travis actually did think that he was kind of a shit person. So that's a that was a that was like a weird meta moment of like, well, I don't know. He did. Think I he don't was kind think of I have. I mean, I I I think I was just sort of like formless. You know, like I didn't have like in. I don't know uh, much about myself at that time period. I was living a very unexamined life. How's that? <laughs> like I would like go to, you know, I went to school and I was just like. I would wear sweatpants and a t-shirt every day, partially because I didn't want to have to change for gym. You know, yeah. so, like, and that that goes in like body issues and other stuff like that. But like, I don't feel like I had defining characteristics at that point in my life. Like, I was just kind of like floating along, um, and I find that very frustrating in hindsight. Like, I wish that I had been okay. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Yeah, it always seemed like people were getting into clubs <laughs> in high school. And I was the kid who would be like, a, a club sounds fun. Where are these people finding out about clubs? Right. Like, where are they? How are they getting into these clubs? And do, that seems like a good time. It seems like it would be fun. But like, I feel like that was the attitude I took towards relationships and towards school and towards homework and towards. And now, like, I would, I, man, I would kill to be able to go to a place where I'm just supposed to learn for eight hours a day. Like, it seems so fun at this point. I, if I could, like, go and just take classes in things yeah. and like learn I, I have to do that on the toilet now and learn Spanish like <laughs> I mean to be fair to, you don't I have to go have to the bathroom to, to learn Spanish you don't have like, to do have that to. <laughs> who's got the time though <laughs> Uh, when you say clubs, I just want to clarify, you mean like people getting into nightclubs or people getting into like chess clubs and debate clubs? Like key club. What's key club? I don't gotcha. know, but there was a bunch of people in it. Yeah. 
I don't know what that is. You know, like these people are just getting into the, all these no, it's great true. Clubs. It's true. I, I've said that so many times too. Like I, I, I sort of understood that my place seemed to be in theater for, for whatever reason, but um, I had no sense. I mean, I've totally made fun of myself numerous times for this, like flipping I'll I'll flip open an old high school yearbook and like 70% of it is full of stuff. I had no idea what's happening at my school. Just yeah. none. Like, oh, I guess, Sports oh, wait, too. I guess someone puts this yearbook together. Like, I even had that yeah. thought. Like, oh, someone, yeah, someone right. did exactly. Where this. Where is it coming from? Yeah. Sports, too, is another one where, like, no, no, I, that was not my inclination. I knew that for a long time. But I don't recall anyone ever coming to be like, do you want to do some sports? Yeah. Um, I actually tried to get involved one time. Oh, this is so embarrassing. I, uh, w- they had a sign up to be the manager for the wrestling team, which would be, I guess the person that gets like water bottles and stuff. Um, uh, And I had already had a great career in elementary school as the scorekeeper for the basketball team. (laughs) Uh, So I was like, I was sort of a member of the team honorary, I guess. Uh, And I, I asked if the, I went to the tryouts or the meeting where they, you came if you wanted to be a manager for the wrestling team. And the um, the wrestling coach actually told me that it was only for girls. <laughs> only girls were managed of the wrestling team. <laughs> and why didn't I just join the team <laughs> if I wanted to be involved because I was a boy? And I, you know what, Janet, I don't know if anybody, I guess what I'm saying is sexism is a real problem oh, in this country. Here we go. We're not letting here our boys here we go. be wrestling managers. Here we and go. finally, I get it. You know what I mean? I get. I guess we've all struggled a lot. Uh, I guess is what I I'm mean, saying as a result of sexism. Yeah, no, you clearly have a handle on on the, the State of the <laughs> Union on that front. I Listen, I'm, I am, I actually am very surprised that that would be a thing. I, 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 in my mind, it wouldn't make sense. Like, why would a girl want to manage the guy's wrestling team? That sounds horrible. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why that rule exists i don't get it maybe this is something that you can incorporate into your comedy you know if you start doing comedy in like a small club with like a brick wall behind you and you're like uh like what is the deal with guys wrestling clubs i mean it's a guy and he wrestles but then the girl has to manage it you know what i mean like a seinfeldian kind of thing where there's like some sort of sting afterwards like you say you kind of do your joke and then there's like a transitional, there's like trans transitional music kind of that would like take you to like the next scene of like your set, you know, or your little better, a little better, little better, little better, little better. It was a little, a little better. better. I'm just so, I'm so not used to, because I work with my brothers predominantly, I'm so not used to other performers setting me up to do the 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 punchline i'm used to people just sort of like fighting each other to stepping all over each other to try to do their <laughs> great joke that they came up with i'm not used to collaborate like any sort of collaboration oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun hi i'm dave hill from show business And while I'm not from Canada, my grandfather Clarence Vincent Blake Sr. was, and he wouldn't shut up about it. My grandfather moved on to that great penalty box in the sky way back in the 80s. Still, all these years later, I can't help but wonder, what do we really know about Canada and its people? Which is why my friend Chris Gersbeck and I decided to make So, You're Canadian. 
brand new podcast from the Maximum Fun Network, on which I attempt to get to know our neighbors to the north, one Canadian at a time. Coming to Maximum Fun, August 27th. And I'm not sorry. Okay, I want to get into this MASH game with you. Uh, I, I think that it, what feels like a natural place to start for me is uh, is for you to please give me three high school clubs that you can be you can now be a member of. And it's not like, hey, this creepy guy's in our high school club. It's like, oh, no, this is a group of adults uh, who are doing this thing in this club. But it but it is a club that that more likely would exist in a high school under normal circumstances. Beta club. And what's beta club? I think it was like people that did good at school. Let's see. Promote the ideals of academic achievement. That sounds boring. Hmm. I don't want to do that. Um, what about people who like, weren't there close to people who made things? <laughs> like, uh, were there? Made stuff. Like, like crafts? With their hands. Craft stuff. Like, I guess if I really wanted to be, you know what? Okay. I'm going to put in the National Honor Society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that seemed because that means you got good grades. Yeah. So I yep. love that. Great. And then um, Gay Straight Alliance, because we didn't have one. And I wish I'd have the foresight to like start that. That would have been a good thing. Yeah, that's great. Okay. And then I'm going to say show choir for the last one because I was a yeah. band kid and it always seemed like the show choir kids were the ones having all the sex. So that seems <laughs> like seems like that would be. I wish that I I feel like I chose poorly there. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like they were having a lot more fun. What instrument did you play? Um, uh, I played the trumpet at the beginning of my you, musical career. You couldn't sound more like you're lying. And the thing is, I know you're not. But well, no, I I you did. Sounded I like see. You I were stopped stalling for time. My, my I didn't have the lips for it because the mouthpiece on a trumpet is extremely sh- shallow. So I moved over to the um, marching uh, trombone, which is also called a baritone or euphonium. They're all sort of similar instruments, but like low brass stuff, not tubas or sousaphones or anything. But but uh, they have a much more forgiving mouthpiece for people (laughs) whose mouths have a certain carriage and heft to them (laughs) if I had to pick. A forgiving mouthpiece is what I want the name of your autobiography to be. Um, Okay, next category, let's do... Let's do three. Let's do three things that West Virginia becomes known for in this just like beloved, like people you could like you can't go to the United States without visiting West Virginia. You've got to go experience the blank three. Okay. Yes. The first thing I'm gonna say is pepperoni rolls. Oh, okay. That I'm should listening. Be that should be what West Virginia is known for. That's a it's a um, uh, a food that coal miners here actually invented because it is okay. So it's basically a big chunk of pepperoni that's been wrapped in uh, dough, or sort of a pastry dough, and then mm-hmm. baked. And mm-hmm. the things will stay good all day long because the coal miners needed something they could take into the you know that would stay good all day. They could take down with them, so they would take down pepperoni rolls. And now you can find them in like any gas station here in West Virginia. Almost everyone has pepperoni rolls. They're all over the place. They're what people. It was. It's what West Virginia should be. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the things. Love um, it. <clears throat> the other. Let's see, number two, the New River Gorge. 
Uh, it is there's some amazing like whitewater rafting there and a, a really amazing um, bridge. There's actually an event called Bridge Day that happens once a year where the law will turn a blind eye to people that want to bungee jump off the bridge at Whoa. the New River Gorge. Yeah, it's awesome. No, it's not legal. But I love a holiday where it's like law is suspended. <laughs> we're just not going to this yeah, one day. That's called the purge. Right. Exactly. This that's one amazing. day you can bridge like day. bridge day. You basically there's bungee jumpers. There's also base jumpers. Just, just like this one day. Everybody. Oh, jump my, off God. The bridge. oh my God. That's extraordinary. The last would probably be, God, there's so many to choose from, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Not a PC name, but folks, it was built a very long time ago, and that's what it is called. Yeah. Uh, it's no longer functioning, but it is the um, largest freestanding stone structure in all of America, uh, second in the planet after the Kremlin. Uh, it is a massive, yes, it is a gigantic, gigantic building in Western Whoa. West Virginia. Uh, that is, uh, they do, um, uh, every year there's a haunted house in the asylum. I got to go like to this. I don't know why I thing. haven't done this yet. This they is, also this do is amazing. ghost tours where you, they will let you spend the night there with like flashlights and stuff, uh, and, and hang out overnight. Um, it is like, it is, first off, just looking at it is absolutely stunning. I mean, the thing is massive and it is a terrifying place i mean just like looking at it is horrifying i mean if you even like in bright daylight looking at the trans allegheny lunatic asylum is uh terrifying but the doing has stuff been shot there just out of curiosity you know i don't know i mean you have to assume right Mm -hmm. every other every other area in this uh uh every other building has been searched for ghosts by the history channel you think they'd get around (laughs) to the trans allegheny lunatic asylum eventually but uh uh, I, I don't know. Not off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, but it is uh, it is a wild place. So those would be my three if I had to pick. Okay, okay. Uh, let me ask you this as my next question. I feel that this is tying together both A Christmas Carol and the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Society. Asylum? Society. I just mm-hmm. put society. Hey, listen. Does anybody but, want to be vice well, president? Just the society. That's quite, I, I mean, that's a wonderful, weird mistake I just made. Uh, yeah, you, okay. Fun. So you are, you have to spend the night in the lunatic asylum and you can be visited by three ghosts of your choice. So it's not like big concept ghosts, like dumb old Charles Dickens. It's not like, like I'll step Christmas pass. We're talking about a very specific ghost of a specific person okay. from the past, as could from be as past. recently as yesterday, but anything in the past. Three ghosts. Who are they? Boy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do my mom for the first one. I'm going to get my mom in there because if I got a pass for three... Yeah. At least one's got to be my mom or my Fair. dad would be so mad at me. Fair. So definitely my mom, one. Great. Two, whoever from the past knows if there's treasure on Oak Island or not. Because Ooh, I'm yeah. to season seven of Curse of Oak Island and still <laughs> am in the dark about whether or not there's, there's got to be some ghost back yeah. from then that that knows about the the treasure that is or 
isn't there. So Absolutely. that would be huge for me because I'd love if it's a if it's a pass, like if there's nothing there, I do I would love to stop watching the show. <laughs> but if there is treasure there, then I could be kind of go on. I would be as credible as anybody else on the show. Like, listen, I talked to the ghost one of the <laughs> original right. dudes. That's so right. Definitely, definitely a treasure there. Great. Um after that, I guess I guess Kurt Vonnegut. Ooh, Love that guy. Me too. Love to meet Kurt Vonnegut. That'd be huge. Yeah. Be That's so fantastic. Cool. Also, he would have like an ironic self awareness about being a ghost. So like oh, yeah. he would, you know what I mean? It would just oh, be yeah. very like he'd be Nobody like he'd be very like elbowing you in the rear than Kurt Vonnegut. That's right. right? <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. Okay. Three Places that are uh, that exist only in fiction, uh, in whatever form you choose, be it a book or a movie, TV show, video game, doesn't matter. Three places, uh, fictitious places, you would like to have a kind of a getaway home. Does like different eras from our world count? Yeah, or does you know it have what? To be that fictional? counts. Yeah, that counts. Because I feel like I think Victorian England was so cool. Like it seems like such a cool time. And everything looked cool. And I know there's a lot of diseases that weren't great. <laughs> for sure. No But some that here. were. Hmm. Yes. Um, I think that... So, like, okay, Victorian England and... You know, Piers Anthony wrote the Xanth series. Sure. And everybody who lives there has magic powers. Oh, great. Okay. And so that, that would be great. If I could do that... Um, that would be so cool. And that's less about the world and more about like would love to get in on some powers. That would be huge. Okay. Um, well, I'll make that. I'm going to make that my next category too. So you, you, this will be a world that you may or may not have a, get, a getaway home. You give me your last place for a getaway home and then we'll move into what powers you would want to have. So we'll get three of okay. those. A little preview um, of the next category. I think I'm going to say Tamriel, which is, you know, where they uh, did the um, – the Elder Scrolls series, I think that that would be the content and in is is a continent of Tamriel, uh, and that is the place that I probably would want to go. It's certainly certainly the fantasy world I've spent the most time in, mm-hmm. um, and I think that uh, I w- that would be an advantage because I would know it pretty well. Like I'd be able to get around decently. Yeah, that would be huge. How do you spell um, that? T a m r i e l. Oh, I was so close. I had everything except that I. Okay. See, the great thing about podcasts, I mean, is when you misspell something. <laughs> yeah, I thought the truth. I don't know who that person was. Um, okay, next category <laughs> is powers. <laughs> powers. This is why James Lipton. Um, so, Janet, uh, can I speak with the guy that makes fun of people? Hey, he's right over here. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and then just is wild applause. Wild applause Fucking from the audience. kills me. I couldn't yeah. do that. Every time he's like, um, Nancy, can I speak to Bart Simpson? Is oh Bart, can God. we? And these people have to work without a writer and just yeah. like, oh, my God. It, it's <laughs> cringe city. Let me jump out a window, please. I know. Uh Okay, so yeah, so the next category is uh, is powers, magical powers. Give me three magical powers that you would like to have. I'm so boring with this because um, I feel like flight would be so choice. Like yeah. it would be really good, right? You'd be yes, able to fly course. around. 
And I feel like if I'm going to do flight, I definitely, okay, if I'm going to do flight, and the people forget this, right? If you just have flight, you got to have a vulnerability too. Yeah. Because you are going to hit a plane. Yes. <laughs> there is a fixed p- amount of time where you're going to be flying around like an idiot and you're going to hit something or get shot down or fly into a building or like space out because you're uh, FaceTiming with someone and <laughs> run into the ground. Like you will definitely die yeah. in a week if you so can fly and So you're telling else. me that you're asking me for to have two powers at once because if it's no, a ca- if no. it, otherwise you're going to get in vulnerability but not flight. Or you're going to get flight, but not in vulnerability. So what are we going to do? Because you only get one in the end. See, I don't want to. I feel like if I had flight without invulnerability, I'd die. I, I, I wouldn't make it a week. I swear to God. Okay, then I got to like, cross flight out. But see, like, okay, but here's my problem. <laughs> but no, but here's the problem with invulnerability, right? I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm 38 years old. I have never broken a bone. I have ne- the most serious surgery I've ever had is fixing a TV uh, where I dropped a TV on my index finger when I was four. So, like, I haven't lived a life, nor do I plan to, where invulnerability would be a boon to me. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I might as well have been invulnerable yeah, for all the yeah. damage that I as a person have taken physically, right? Yeah, yep. I would just have to start being in more dangerous scenarios, which like I'm, I'm really more of an indoor person, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I know for one, you would start with bridge day. Definitely would just start with bridge day and just throw your, hurl yourself off that bridge. Yeah. I'm going to say slow flying. Okay. Slow flying. So I'll, okay. I'll put a little bit of a safety in there of yeah. slow flight. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, just I'm sure Justin will get there before we do. He he's flying and we're just walking. No, no, is no. He, we're going to be waiting okay, for him for like three hours. He, <laughs> he's holding the hood ornament. And we're dra- we're dragging him by the bumper. He's sketching. That's right. I hate that guy. That's right. Okay, slow flying. Give me two more. Um, you don't want super strength. Everyone will ask you to move. Um, come please come here and carry my couch, please. Yes. I know you have super strength. Yeah. Can't have that one. Yeah, I think. Uh, like control over electronic devices would be cool because like and i think that'd be a useful forward-looking skill yeah to be able to control people's electronic devices within reason i mean i'm not asking like hacking to banks or anything yeah but i feel like control over electronic devices would also be nice at like you know out to dinner with friends everybody we're just gonna spend the next hour talking to each other like no but no phones. Trust me on this one. I uh-huh. I have the ability to make this happen. That would be nice. Yeah. Moment to moment. Great. I guess after that it would be photographic memory. God, that would be great. I, it wouldn't be great and terrible. But yeah. now if it started at this point, I'm money, right? I'm thirty eight yeah. years old again. <laughs> if I if my photographic memory starts now, I can be very deliberate about the things I expose myself to. That's right. Like Peter That's Brown. Right. There's an actress uh, that played I her love name Laura. That these are just the Bridge, mildest which versions I still remember. of magical powers that anyone but I've has ever seen. Janet for. Janet, like I've seen Black Mirror. Yeah. I've seen all this other I stuff. Know. Like it's hubris. It's I hubris know. to to try to get one of the biggies. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I don't disagree. 
I'm a little slow flyer. Uh, okay, next category, three foods that in this reality are either too bad for you or bad for the environment or, uh, you know, just make you feel sick after you eat too much of it, even though you wish you could keep eating it, or just someplace, you know, it's food that you had that's somewhere very far away that you can't just easily access. All of those things fly out the window. You can have slow fly out the window. You can have uh, whatever you want in perpetuity, snap of your fingers, and it's not bad for you, three food genre or or specific food item uh i'll go with either because cereal is yeah i mean huge and i still eat cereal uh on on like a if i'm having a a a little treat kind of treating myself yeah i will i'll still eat it for time to time um but that would be i mean I would eat it for every meal. There were times in high school when I did. Yeah, I <laughs> so, know. Oh, you know, God. which is how I got here. Um, so I think cereal would be definitely like number one. Great. The next one would be Taco Bell because if I could remove the after effects of Taco Bell, that would be great. Yes. Because it's very gnarly and it hurts your body <laughs> in a pretty major way. And it's one of the few foods where your body's like, this is bad. Yeah. What you've done to me right now is nothing I need you're this out of my, my, yeah, I need this out of my system as quickly as possible. Just like, you know how asparagus is the one food where because it changes your pea smell, it's the one food where your body's like, oh, nice. Good job. Yeah. This is a little reminder that you did something good. Taco Bell is like the inverse of that. It's your body saying, please don't do this again. I can't yes. believe you've done this. Yeah. You've hurt me terribly. Yeah, that's a perfect perfect thing to pick for this category. Yes, Taco Bell. What's your third? My third would be breadsticks mm-hmm. at Fazoli's because they'll just keep bringing them to you. And I feel like that would be amazing if I was like, actually, I got this thing from a podcast I was on where I can eat <laughs> as many of these as I want and there's nothing you can do about it. So yeah. just keep bringing them. Yeah, that's great because you not only get breadsticks but it sounds to me like you got excited about just ruining their day on some level Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with your with with just your overall smugness uh okay so next category is uh all due respect your wonderful wife alternate universe romance sexy hangout times character (laughs) actor fictitious cartoon like there's an actual real cartoon i think that was might have been a little redundant uh anybody from any era living or dead real or unreal three okay oh man okay this is so tough um okay uh i'm gonna go uh okay i will go i'll go early i'll go old school okay first crush ever in life uh was uh, uh okay so you know encyclopedia brown mm-hmm. okay so he had a friend that always worked with him named sally kimball yeah and in the short run tv show of encyclopedia brown there's an actress that played her named laura Br- laura bridge mm-hmm. which i still remember because the ve- i mean the first time I was ever like, oh man, I really like this girl, which is like so weird that specific thing. Okay, so that's A. Great. One. Laura Bridge, specifically Sally Kimball. Beautiful. I don't know Laura personally. Yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> swear for her as a person. Never did anything after that as far as I know. Um, next, Winnie Cooper from yeah. Wonder Years. 
Yeah. For sure. Not to be confused with Winnie the Pooh. That's why no one calls him Winnie, because everyone would think that it was Winnie Cooper. That's true. That was a show I watched with my dad, and that show, like, for, for those of us who watched it, 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 it just shattered your heart and, like, put it back together every episode. Yeah. And that music that uh, they play whenever he sees her, it's like, uh, dun, 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 na, na, na. Dun, 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 the, the third one that I can... I don't know the um ah uh, boy this is so tough. I'm gonna go. Oh, oh. oh man, this is tough. <laughs> I, I know it's like it's so there's so many so much math that I'm running <laughs> in my head. Well, yeah, and okay. the problem is you know when what? you start thinking math, all of a sudden the Civil War trots in instead of where sure, the math right. should be. Yeah, they're all. You know who I'm gonna say less. Uh, I'm gonna say Leslie from Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, because okay. I and now that's that's a weird one, but like that, I can remember like that loss really affected me mm-hmm. very deeply, right? Yeah, and it's like, and there's something about at that age when I read that, whatever that would have been, like mid mid early to mid teens, where like that person feels very connected to you, like it feels like it they. That sense of like somebody needing you, that you weren't able to be there for them when yeah. you needed them. And, and it's a fantasy character, right? Which my adult brain knows. But like, it was like, I found her very hard to shake. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. In, in, my, in my young brain. That totally makes sense. But those are like, those are like 14 year old Justin's answers to that question. So yeah. Really we're not turning. Yeah. It's not, it's not, this is not in any kind of creepy way. All of these are like from the heart. That's young. That's young Justin. I totally get that, and that's great. Uh, okay, final category. This is where I put uh, undue amount of pressure on myself and totally blank out. Um, let's do three. Well, let's do let's do three. How do you feel about the idea of being able to time travel in a safety bubble so that because you mentioned that the, the sort of Victorian England having an appeal? Um, are there are there places in time, uh, whether it's a broad era or, you know, this very specific incident that you would like to be able to travel to and 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 sort of observe without changing it because you can't change anything. Right. But you're also not going to get one of those terrible diseases. Uh, well, that's the question, right? Am I? No, you're. F- Am totally I going to get one safe. of these diseases? Totally safe. Nothing bad totally can happen. Totally safe. To you. Um. Yes. So three time periods. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I can't impact it, right? You like, can't, I can't impact it. It's anything. just about I just like seeing it. it, witnessing. Yeah, maybe you're solving an age-old mystery. Maybe you're, you know, just watching. Like somebody kill a dinosaur? Nope, 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 nope. That's Can't not a thing that happened. Dinosaur? Yeah. Don't think that would work. Yeah. Um. But you know what? You if you were gonna go back and and see a dinosaur, there's a song that would actually work very well with that. Um, For a day. We're going to pot it out. I was going to say, you um, definitely, definitely don't want that to keep playing. Um, uh, so, right. So I would go with, first would be uh, probably like 40s, 
America, but not any of the war stuff. Yeah. I don't want to do any of the different war stuff, just the fun stuff. I love that era of, um, I love that era of music. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big favorite of mine. I love the 40s music almost as much as I hate the 50s music. Um, (laughs) I would say before that, like, um, if you want to go back to the... I guess like medieval would be cool just to kind of see how unromantic it actually was. That would be a kind of fascinating uh, time yeah. to be alive. Cause it's like, I don't know the middle ages and, and I, I mean like so bad for medicine. We actually got like, oh. it's one of the rare, rare times where we got water sat oh, in know, for a little bit. Right? <laughs> like I we know. forgot stuff that we knew before. It's so crazy. And actually, got actively worse it's a wild time yeah yeah and um i think it would be so cool to be alive in the now this isn't that far removed but sort of it at the uh time period in the 70s when like national lampoon sctv and and second city and snl were like all getting started or at their peak for different ones it's like such a wild time in comedy specifically of like so many people who are just giants now yeah. all in a room goofing around and coming up with stuff I think would be like would be amazing. Like I, I would love to be in that in in that world. It would be fantastic. God, that's great. I, I, I That's now my new answer uh, because I hadn't thought about that. But you've just blown my mind. That's absolutely correct. Uh, okay. There's a book called Caddyshack about Caddyshack. Oh, nice. Which I... I'm not even a big fan of the movie, but I love that time period so much. And so many great stories about like Bill Murray just walking into the National Lampoon offices and somebody just finding Bill Murray asleep on the couch because he had no money to pay for anything. But Brian Doyle Murray said he should come out and, and like living at the offices and all this. Like it's a it's an amazing time. I gotta it's read. a wild time. I got to read it. And by read it, I mean, I got to listen to the audiobook. Uh OK, uh, give me just give me a number between one and seven, say. Uh, four. Okay, great. Um, here's our options. I'm going to quickly run through and get these results. Uh, I invite you to either tell the listener what's going on with you, what they can listen to, where, anything uh, that you want to make them aware of, or we can both be awkwardly dead silent and then that can be edited out and we can just jump to your answers. Let's do that so I can run to the restroom very quickly. Wonderful. Try to teach yourself some Spanish. I just finished, so that was impeccable pee timing on your part. Um, okay, the first thing that I want to uh, tell you is that I nothing felt worse than having to cross your mom's name out. So I just want to acknowledge that that made me feel Fair completely enough. rotten. Uh, but I also think that that visit, what I'd like is to create an alternate universe in which it's not just a one-time thing. So maybe it would be too hard to see, to just have that, that quick experience. Um, Perhaps. In this case, you are visited by the very wry and surprised to be a ghost ghost, Kurt Vonnegut. Which I find exciting. Yeah, I think he's thrilled. <laughs> this is like so quiet. I thought you are like, I'm never speaking to you again, Janet. Uh, I just remember, I remember, I mean... I, it was a 50-50 at that point, so not a lot of surprise to register. I guess but that's yes, true. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad about this. This is good. I don't need I'm you happy. to be surprised. What? Okay. Uh, you also uh, can visit 
the 1940s in the USA, good old Ooh. good times. None of that stupid war stuff. Forget about it. Damn it, though. Vonnegut's alive back then, Janet. I mean, listen. Damn, I burned my ghost. <laughs> Could have just gone back and met him then. Damn it. What a waste. What an enormous waste. You could have the answer to Oak Island right now. Jeez. Uh, okay. I also want to congratulate you for your, and good luck with this, because there is no way this is going to be good for your health. The shack you have in Victorian England. Great. I mean, you're going to die of cholera, like, in moments after you get there. Uh the good news is, is that uh, you've had a wonderful career in show choir up to that point. Listen, I'm sure you're going to be fine in Victorian England. I don't want you to worry about it. Uh, and you, the other thing is, is that you have the ability to control electronics. So while that doesn't allow you, from the sound of it, to do anything big, you can, I guess, turn people's phones off for them. <laughs> it's still not clear. Perfect exactly Huge. what you're using that for make them download my podcast make them lessons, download your podcast a hundred percent yes uh you are uh i'm very happy for you that you have brought the message of the world famous new river gorge to mm. the rest of the world um and and the, and your beloved uh west virginia which i think is terrific um and i think that just leaves us with uh your fantastic romance with um none other than laura bridge as sally kimball from encyclopedia brown the show that i did not ever know i have no idea if she's a bad person now please but it's sally it's sally that's right unless you're saying unless yeah unless you're confused and you're worried that sally kimball the character has become a bad person uh no i don't i wouldn't think so i think think she's probably fine um so that that is your 100% guaranteed fictitious mash future show choir Victorian England New River Gorge Kurt Vonnegut Control Electronics USA in the 1940s unlimited breadsticks and uh, the wonderful Sally Kimball I've never recapped all of those things before I don't know why I felt like I had to go through and list them all off again unknown unknown reason uh the only thing that is left for us to do and by us i mean you is uh to try and spontaneously sing some snippet of the don henley song boys of summer i can feel you hearing in the shadow in the sun after the boys of summer are gone on oh i like the little twist you did at the end that was great um well i'm in show choir justin (laughs) Oh God! What if I could get a high school show choir to do that and 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 have that as like my theme for the summer? I got to get on that in a few months. Justin, thank you so much for for uh, doing this podcast, for being a boy of summer, uh, and for being uh, an all around delightful person in podcasting in life. Thanks, Janet. And this is no problem. It's the least I could do. Well, if you could have done less, you would have. That's really appreciated. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, please say hello to your wonderful family for me. I will. And the rest of y'all, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. 